0: Welcome to 52 episodes to Science Fiction Film Literacy. My name is Chris Garcia. Roll sound. There's been animation in Japan since at least 1917, and probably even before then. It's legendary, really, and it developed not entirely separate from what was going on in Europe and the United States. And what we saw with Japanese animation is that it became intricately tied with their comic book tradition. Far more so than in the U.S. And what happened there was an evolution that was of course interrupted by the war but they had developed these styles that were highly influenced by the West and Soviet art. Which is really fascinating. If you look at the tradition of anime figure, you not only see Disney and Windsor McKay, all those artists who were popular in Japan, to a degree, of course, but at least with Japanese animators, but you also see a lot of Soviet influence. And it's sort of a very constructivist form. By the 1960s, you had massive amounts of television animation being produced. My personal favorite, Tiger Mask. But you had Ultra Boy and a number of others, Speed Racer. But by the 1970s, something more adult was required. And that's where we got Space Battleship Yamato. Now, the Japanese version is phenomenally good. We got it here in the US called Star Blazers. As a series, this is a subset of the series that has been condensed and edited into a single film, released in 1977. I believe it was slightly after Star Wars came out, but I'm not 100% on that. As a movie, it's great. It's hard to find nowadays, but it really was one that, when I was a kid, I remember seeing it, I want to say I was probably 12, and being blown away, because I loved Star Blazers, but what this did was it gave you an entire story all at once. And again, this is in that great tradition that we're seeing throughout the history of science fiction film, of taking an existing property and cutting it into a form to match movie theaters. You see it all the time, of course, with serials, early television programs, and now here with a Japanese animated cartoon. Now, what's fascinating is, when this was released, it was usually referred to as Japanimation. And when I first started going to anime cons, for the brief period that I did go to anime cons, it was still often being referred to as Japanimation. Anime is a French term. I don't exactly know when it came about. I want to say in the early 1980s, maybe the late 70s. And that has slowly taken over. I will occasionally still refer to things as Japanimation. What's amazing about Space Battleship Yamato isn't its importance on Japanese animation, and it was very successful. And you could draw a straight line from it to Macross, all the way up through to today. The idea of sort of the space opera, while not pioneered with this, certainly they were doing it even in uh, live-action feature films. The Japanese were making wonderful space opera-type films. But it's a complex interaction between characters and raising moral questions. And I can remember thinking when I was a kid that the wave motion gun was akin to the nuclear bomb, it was terrifying. What's incredible about anime and Japanimation and manga is how it has moved beyond Japan to the rest of the world. And there's a a strong subculture in the US that is crazy for all things Japanese, in particular anime and manga. And it was through comics that that sort of grew. And anime was a big deal, and a lot of the folks who sort of poo-poo anime, and I have done it myself a lot, I'm not a huge fan of this style, but they use a different storytelling methodology than U.S. and Western Europe animation. It is more akin to the animation you see coming out of Finland, Sweden, Russia. Honestly, the Egyptian animation I've been seeing recently and Iranian animation is far more interrelated to the animation we see in anime these days. And not just in the style, but in how the story is told. Taking their time pauses... Looking at a character arc through a hole. And that's really interesting. You see the entirety of a character, but that character is developed through the entire story. And it's a really fascinating way to do it. It's, it's hard to do. Now, Space Battleship Yamato has been available in various forms for years. It's not easy to get today. I had some trouble finding a good version of it, a good transfer at least. Uh, The two that I tried were literally horrible, but the third one that I managed to find was good. What I hope is that by examining these early anime pieces, that people will go back and look at where we are today, and not only how far we've progressed and say, you know, look at how silly they were then. But find the nuggets within it that lead to today. Character designs in 1977 and character designs today are obviously different. Not to mention the technologies that are used to develop both are are way different. There's almost no such thing as a non-computer animated film. Computers are used in the animation of almost everything from character design through, you know, the actual animation. And touch up is universally now done with it. But you still see the same jaw lines. You see very similar body shape. And it's not like watching, you know, Star Blazers or <laughs> Speed Racer, and then you look at something today and you can't tell which was made when. That's very obvious. The technology has made it possible to move forward at a much faster pace. But, at the same time, you can definitely see the nuggets of what we have today then. Now, we're going to be slowly inching towards the 1980s the next couple of episodes. Uh, We're going to look at a sequel, hmm, and a couple of very early think pieces, I guess would be the way to call them. So stay tuned.